Drive with Josh Graham on Sports Hub Triad. Whether you're currently waiting for gas in line somewhere across the Piedmont Triad in Burlington or listening at home, we're so glad you're hanging out with us on a Wednesday drive. The entire NFL schedule is going to drop tonight, but much like getting that one gift on Christmas Eve rather than Christmas morning, We already have all the Week 1 matchups. And the Carolina Panthers will open up at home against the New York Jets. Putting aside the obvious storylines here, this is a game Carolina absolutely cannot afford to lose. Period. I feel the same way about this game that I do the Tar Heels opener in football in Blacksburg. It's a big game right out of the gate, and if you lose it, all the air comes out of the balloon. Think about it this way. The Panthers have all the key advantages over the Jets. Coach, Matt Rule's in his second year. He was offered the Jets job and turned it down because he didn't get say and who his coordinators and assistants were going to be. Robert Sala, great assistant, but this is going to be his first game as an NFL coach. Advantage, Matt Rule and Joe Brady. Quarterback, Sam Darnold, he knows everything there is to know about the Jets. He's been in the league. This is now his fourth season. He's likely going to be starting against a rookie in his first career start and Zach Wilson. Darnold needs to perform better in that spot. Skill position players, running back, wide receivers, it's Carolina, there's no question, and the game's being played at Bank of America Stadium. All the advantages are with Carolina. You have the storylines of Darnold going up against his former team, That Matt Rule angle I just presented, Greg Van Roten, Robbie Anderson, they have ties to the Jets as well. So you know Carolina's going to be motivated to do well in this game. But bigger than that, if we're going to broaden this here, the season opener, ever since the Panthers started things in 95, the season opener has been a really strong indicator on whether or not Carolina is a playoff team. Here are some stats I dug up. The last 12 times Carolina lost the season opener, they did not make the playoffs. The last 12 times that that's happened, Carolina did not make the playoffs. Conversely, three of the last four times they won the opener, they did make the playoffs. The exception to that, the 2018 season started with Carolina beating Dallas at home. I was at the game. Carolina started that season 6-2, and two, and if Cam Newton's shoulder didn't deteriorate to the point where he couldn't throw it further than 15 yards, they make the playoffs that year. This is a game that if Carolina loses, I feel pretty comfortable saying the next day on September the 13th, they're not a playoff team. They're not going to go to the playoffs. It's a game they absolutely cannot afford to lose or all the air is going to zip out of the balloon. The main reason being, this is one of the two easiest games on the schedule. Just look at the slate. Well, we don't know where the games are going to fall, but we do have the opponents. The Jets at home, one of the two easiest games. The other one is Houston. We don't know what's going on with Deshaun. That situation seems to be a mess. If Deshaun's not playing, that should be a layup, but that game's on the road. 
Carolina's opening up against a rookie head coach and a rookie quarterback. You can't ask for a better home opener out of the 17 games Carolina slated to play this year. You cannot ask for a better game. I thought there was a chance Carolina might open up with New England. The Patriots schedule, I think the Patriots are the only team to have their schedule leak. It happens every single year, a team schedule leaks. Carolina going to welcome Cam Newton and the Patriots back on November the 7th. I wish that game would have been a lot earlier. There's a chance by that time, week nine, Mac Jones could be the starting quarterback for New England if things aren't going well for Cam. But worst case scenario, he'd still be welcomed back as a backup. He'd be on the roster and he would get the same amount of love he would if he was starting in that game. So that's when Carolina's going to bring back arguably the greatest player in its franchise history. But I can't look past week one, literally and figuratively. I don't know the rest of the schedule other than that New England game on November the 7th. Carolina cannot afford to lose to the Jets. Please do not lose this game, Carolina, or else it's going to be another miserable fall for Matt Rule and company. I don't know how much this is worth, Sawyer Dillon, but Carolina will have the seventh weakest schedule in the league according to 2020 records. Win-loss records, they will have the seventh weakest schedule. We'll get the full slate later on tonight. On Twitter at SportsUpDryan, you can give us a call. 336-777-1600 if you'd like. I was listening a little bit to Sam Farber last night as the Hornets fell to the Denver Nuggets. What was amazing about last night, most of the coverage I saw on social media from friends of mine who covered the team. Fans of the Hornets that I know were very positive, even though with the Pacers winning on Monday night and the Hornets losing, they're now in a dead tie for the number eight spot with just a few games left on the schedule. It didn't seem like a positive night at all, but the Chicago Bulls lost, so the Hornets clinched, making the play-in tournament, which means they're not going to fall out of the top ten, which I don't think anybody felt was a possibility at this point. When that happened, the Hornets put it on their social media. We are a part of the playoffs. And what reigned in after that was maybe the saddest thing I've ever seen. Media and fans applauding Charlotte for making the play-in tournament. You can't say this was a failed season. You can only say it's a success now because Charlotte's in the play-in tournament. What? I refuse to call any Hornet season that doesn't result in them making the actual playoffs, being one of the eight teams lucky enough to play a best-of-seven series, a success. Any season that does not have Charlotte making the playoffs, I think, is a failure. The play-in tournament, it does not count. Finishing top 10 in the East with close to five games under 500 is isn't a success. You need to make it to a best-of-seven series. Unless the Hornets are playing the 76ers or Brooklyn, I'm not counting it as a playoff season. I'm not going to say the Hornets made the playoffs, just like I'm not going to say that the Phoenix Suns made the playoffs last year because they went unbeaten in the bubble but weren't lucky enough to be a part of the play-in. Any lesser expectation would be sad.
It's like hearing college football teams, college football fan bases saying, well, we had a really good year because we made it to a bowl game. Even though they went 6-7, and you'll lose the bowl game. Oh, it was a really positive year. Anytime you make it to a bowl game, it's positive. Really? Six and seven. We're going to applaud that. Now, I know it's different strokes for different folks, different expectations for different franchises and different programs, but come on. Have a little bit more respect for yourself here. Have some more respect and hold yourself to a higher standard. Seeing Hornet fans get excited about making the play-in tournament and applauding that as some kind of a success story is like seeing news that somebody got engaged to their unemployed alcoholic boyfriend. Hey, I mean, just, eh, I feel like you could do better than that. I feel like you should hold yourself to a higher standard than that. Now, I know what you're thinking. Josh, what about all the injuries? Oh, the Hornets have been banged up. LaMelo Ball was out for a good stretch. Miles isn't playing right now. Gordon Hayward's missed the last month. I got news for you. If that's what you're thinking in your mind, and you're a Charlotte Hornet fan, step out of your experience of following your team and look what's happening around the entire league. Everybody's dealing with injuries. Everybody. With this condensed schedule. Jalen Brown with the Boston Celtics. Donovan Mitchell with the Utah Jazz. Bradley Beal with the Washington Wizards. Injuries are happening all across the league. Nobody's going to feel bad for you, nor should they. The day after Gordon Hayward got signed by the Hornets, or I guess since it happened on the weekend, two days after that happened, I, I turned on this microphone and I said that the Hornets... Now that they have Hayward, and they're paying them what they are paying them, the expectation is that you're in the playoffs. That is the expectation. Rick Bonnell, who follows the team about as close as anybody independently, said yesterday, eh, I don't get why so many people are surprised. Uh, it's not a surprise that they're at this point, and I'm not surprised by it either. The Hornets, the expectation going into the year, this being James Borrego's third season, is that you get into the playoffs. And I'm not counting the play-in tournament as making the playoffs. If Charlotte wants to make it into the real top eight, they better not fall out of the top eight. Because I don't trust this team that's under 500 to win two games against teams that are just like them. To beat the Washington Wizards or the Indiana Pacers in a 9-10 game and then beat the other half of them whoever they didn't play in the 9-10 or the Boston Celtics, I don't trust them to do that. If they have any shot at being the 7th or the 8th seed, I think they need to be the number 8 seed. And in order to do that, you got to take care of business. You can't lose out. You've got the Wizards on Sunday. You've got the Clippers tomorrow night at home. Got to start taking care of business here. It's not a success just because you're in the play-in tournament. Have some respect for yourself. I'd be interested to know what Bob Ryan thinks about the Hornets. He's going to join us at the bottom of the hour. Look forward to chatting with the great Bob Ryan from ESPN. Teddy Bridgewater, he spoke publicly for the first time since being traded from the Panthers. And I think what he said is a really bad look for Joe Brady 
and also for Carolina as a whole. You'll hear that next on The Drive. All right, let's go. Oh, I'm so excited. And three, two, one, go. The Drive with Josh Graham on Sports Hub Triad. Amid the NFL schedule release stuff, you might have overlooked this. This Saturday, we will finally get to induct what looks like one of the greatest Naismith Basketball Hall of Fame classes ever, which will include Kevin Garnett, the late Eddie Sutton, and Jordan inducting Kobe Bryant. In fact, I read the day Vanessa Bryant going to be speaking as well on Saturday. Given those personalities, it seems Tim Duncan, he, him getting in is flying under the radar, which seems fitting for his career. The great Bob Ryan of ESPN will be at the ceremony Saturday, and he's kind enough to spend some time with us again here in the triad. Bob, since he's a Wake Forest legend, it only feels right we start with him. What's the best Duncan story you have or you remember being told, given how successful he was? There are no Duncan stories. (laughs) (laughs) I thought if somebody had one, it would have been you. No, um, this is, you alluded to his self-effacing uh, per, um, personality and, and uh, the, the not, doesn't ever seek uh, notoriety. And, 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 you know, he's going to, and he, he is kind of under the radar, though he's, the, you know, you can argue he's the best, you know, he's certainly, we could, Kobe is Kobe, but uh, it, uh, Duncan is the greatest so-called power forward of all time and, 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 uh, and an all-time top ten player as well as well as Kobe, and, and uh, uh, so, but, yeah, it, it's, there, I don't have a story uh, about him. I mean, he, he went, he had his, played his entire career uh, in, a, in, a, in a small market uh, for the perfect coach for him, and, uh, and, and it, he, he will definitely uh, not seek the spotlight. Uh, he will, should be very happy to have the spotlight shown on, on, on Kobe, uh, the late Kobe, and, and on Garnett, I don't think there's any question about that. Why would it change now? <laughs> I don't think it's going to change. You mentioned he is seen to be maybe the greatest power forward of all time. I know this is something you've probably thought about before. What is that debate at power forward with Duncan in the mix? Um, some people, well, I don't think there's any debate, frankly, uh, at all. But the only thing you can say is that he still was a hybrid. He was a, a, a it was a big you know, when he played power forward, uh, if we went the four spot, whatever you want to call it, uh, I think he was the best of all time. He also wasn't a bad five man, and 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 you can argue that uh, he's the best combination uh, four five we've ever known. Uh, his only competition for that, people might forget that uh, it would be Kevin McHale, uh, who did play some five, but not much. Um, but Duncan. He was completely comfortable either way, either place, and uh, yet when he played power forward, there was no, no argument. Uh, I guess there would be people who will foolishly cite Carl Malone, and and uh, not to denigrate him, but I think he's a very overrated player. And and uh, and if I had to win a game tonight, there isn't any question who I would take, uh, uh, and that would be Tim Duncan. I started. You mentioned Carl Malone. Bob Ryan's with us here from ESPN. I was thinking about Carl earlier this week when I started imagining how we're going to look back at the career of Russell Westbrook in terms of, okay, this guy won the MVP, the numbers he just passed 
what some felt was an unbreakable record 15 years ago in career triple doubles from Oscar, a little bit rigid with the media, an interesting personality, truly unique. It feels like decades from now we might be describing Russell the same way you just described Carl. Oh, the numbers might suggest one thing, but if you actually watched, it's a totally different thing. How do you think Russell Westbrook's going to be remembered 20, 30 years from now? going to be very interesting. Uh, this is a discussion that obviously I've been having uh, in these types of forums of late ever since he has uh, caught and then eclipsed Oscar. And, uh, you know, you, you're th- looking at the, how he's this, in some people's eyes as a yeah, but despite all the numbers, uh, he's not warm and cuddly. He doesn't, he doesn't uh, certainly solicit uh, any kind of uh, uh, help from the media uh, at all. And he's not a bad person, not a bad guy. I don't think there's, uh, I don't know, there's something off-putting about him in the eyes of some. Uh, and, and that, uh, I, it's hard to put your finger on it. Uh, what he's doing is, 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 you can't downplay it. Um, it, it's it's amazing. I mean, they, they do it once, and now he's doing it four years in a row. That he's averaging a triple double. It, 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 it's uh, it, it's a remarkable thing. But I think you know what he needs I, to get people completely on his side would be a a, a championship, and he's certainly not going to get it uh, uh, in, in the immediate future as long as he stays with this team. And now, the, and the clock will start to tick. He's over thirty now, and and. Uh, you know, he doesn't have the, he had that elusive ring or anything close to it. So, uh, that the, and, and is it fair to judge a guy like that? Because uh, neither Malone or Stockton, uh, uh, Stockton ever won a ring either, nor did Barkley. And uh, you know, and 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 now some people hold that against him in these discussions. I don't. Um, he's just he's a, he's a he's a curious figure. I don't know how they're going to look at him twenty and thirty years from now, but I suspect I doubt very much they're going to be uh, too many people who are going to you know surpass his numbers. Do you have an opinion on the mellow ball yet? I'm very impressed. Um, uh, I was, I have, you know, somebody that I respect in his judgment told me he's, they really like him and, and you're really, really, really going to like him. And uh, um, his vision is just phenomenal. It's, uh, yeah, uh, he's special. Uh, so um, I love, you know, want to see him stay healthy and, 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 and do what he can do because he brings something very special to the floor every night. Chris Paul, while we're talking about weight guys, we were talking about Tim Duncan a short while ago, and Russell Westbrook's a different kind of point guard, but speaking of legacies, it had me thinking about this. Modern-day point guards, last 30 years, 40 years, mm-hmm. where does he rank? Right up there. Um, you know, you, you, uh, my model of the pure point uh, guy um, of that era would be would uh, no, right, post ma- magic, of course, you know, uh, well, would be Stockton. Okay, um, Isaiah Thomas certainly has to be in that discussion. Uh, but he was, a, but he could score and was more. I, I always thought of him as a more like a a, a, a one and a quarter, a one and a half. Uh, you know, he was, there, there was a, a there was a definitely a scorer mentality in there. That that uh, Stockton was a pure a point, and and yes, he had the three points and he could score, but. Scoring was what he did when he after after the real business was taken care of, and uh, that wasn't always the case with with uh, Isaiah, um, for sure. Uh, but Chris Paul is a point guard, and he's more like the Stockton thing. Uh, and and once again, he needs well. Stockton never got that validation either, so he has never won a championship or even been to the finals. 
and uh, and th- is this the team that can get him there? Mm. Interesting. I did, I I don't think so. Uh, but certainly their regular season record uh, gives them a chance to have a great seating and to do what they can do. Um, with Chris Paul, I'll tell you what, uh, Josh, I blew it on him. Uh, I did happen to see his regional in the tournament, and he wasn't that dazzling. I didn't see that much. I wasn't that impressed. Um, I didn't see it right away, for what it's worth, you know. Um, I didn't come away raving about him. Uh, another guy, uh, so uh, he, his, but now long, that's, that's, Ancient history. Um, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a definitely a professional admirer of him. Bob Ryan of ESPN with us here. LeBron's supposed to return tonight against the Rockets. If it is the Lakers and the Phoenix Suns, who do you like next week if that is the well, matchup? Well, it depends on, that, on that, what LeBron we get. If, if LeBron and, a, and Anthony Davis are capable of, of themselves, the Lakers are going to win, I think, period. But we don't know that. Uh, that, that, always, I mean, injury is always a determining factor, but uh, this year more than ever. Um, so the Lakers are going to be entered the tournament. Uh, you know, I thought, as by all that Bill Parcells phrase about the postseason, uh, enter the tournament <laughs> as a mystery guest because we don't know if if they if they play their game, if they're being able to play a a minus games, or I don't know, maybe they maybe even B plus games, but certainly minimum of that. they got to have at least their B-plus games, two of them together. Uh, then the Lakers can win, I think. Let's close where we began. Bob Ryan of ESPN with us here. What speech are you looking forward to the most? Um, well, you know, the third member of the, of, the, of the Holy Trinity that's going in is, is Garnett. You always wonder what's going on in his head. Uh, <laughs> you know, Tim, Tom, Tim Duncan is probably be... He may shock us. Wouldn't it be great if he comes out and displays a personality he's never displayed publicly? Like Jordan's you know speech 12 years ago? You know he's a bright guy, and we know that, but, I mean, he's just kept it to himself. Um, uh, you know, there, there all, there'll be lavish praise on Kobe. You know that. And, and you know, uh, this is always true. When, when someone passes prematurely, uh, you know, it, it, it has a profound effect on people. There'll, there'll be nothing but praise for Kobe. Uh so that leaves Garnett. I'm curious to see what it will take. And, uh, um, and then there'll be some others. Uh, you know, obviously, there's other people going in. And, and, and um, um be very touching to see uh, Tamika Catchings, uh, you know, who was a hearing-impaired young lady who had a spectacular career. Uh, I, and I know she's, she's going to be very excited there. Um, so I'm interested to see how that one goes. going to be a fantastic ceremony. It's going to be broadcast on ES. Oh yeah, it's going to be. I'm glad. I'm really lucky. You know, I live in proximity to it, and and uh, that's it's it's always been. I've been able to go to many of these, and and uh, and this one, um, you know, certainly this is a star-studded cast. Even though I'm so sadly and tragically one of the principals is no longer with us. The Naismith Basketball Hall of Fame Saturday night. It's going to be broadcast on ESPN. Bob Ryan of ESPN, kind enough to join us. Enjoy the ceremony Saturday, Bob. Okay, totally now, Josh. There he goes, the great Bob Ryan, kind enough to join us here on WSJS Sports. Coming up, why the NFL schedule release actually insults your intelligence. Keep it here on the drive. Here's your mic check. Check, mic check. Test, check, check. You're on the drive with Josh Graham. There are a lot of speeches 
I'm looking forward to hearing this weekend. We were talking with Bob Ryan about the Naismith Basketball Hall of Fame ceremony that's set to happen Saturday. And we learned that Vanessa Bryant is going to be the one to induct her late husband, Kobe. Michael Jordan is going to introduce her. You have Tim Duncan. Maybe he's going to go rogue and say something interesting. Who knows? Nobody seems to have an interesting story on Duncan. Maybe Dave Odom does. He's going to join us tomorrow. Maybe James Borrego, who dealt with him with the Spurs. He'll be with us on Friday. Then you got Kevin Garnett, who I'm sure is going to have a very interesting speech as well. Russell Wilson. He's going to be speaking at NC State. We talked about this with Adam Gold a few weeks ago. He is the commencement speaker for the Wolfpack. The last time I remember Russ giving a commencement speech, he was talking about Tom O'Brien and the adversity he faced that led him going to Wisconsin, where he was given this commencement speech, and this is a piece of what he had to say. The summer before my senior year of college, I'm playing minor league baseball. I call my football coach at NC State and say, hey coach, I'd like to come back for my senior, senior year. And he told me I wasn't coming back. He said, listen son, you're never going to play in the National Football League. You're too small, there's no chance. You got no shot, give it up. Of course, I'm on this side of the phone saying, so you're telling me I'm not going to come back to NC State? I won't see the field? He said, no, son, you won't see the field. Yeah, Tom O'Brien with the Southern accent, apparently. Adam Gold now joining us. Send us in your dinner meals for tonight, and he'll grade what's for dinner on Twitter at SportsUbTriad. How much different do you think Russ's tone's going to be this weekend? Will Tom O'Brien come up? Uh, It may come up. But um, yeah, I don't think he will bring it. Bring in a faux Southern accent. But uh, God, those were interesting times. Those were interesting times. Hey, I'm going to give my friend uh, Joe Obius a plug here. Uh, you should check out that Never Failed Russell Wilson podcast that they've uh, that he and Joe Gillio have put together. Absolutely fascinating backstory on all of it. Yeah, I was on with those folks. Earlier this week, they were kind enough to have me on to talk about my dad. But yep. uh, how is wait, how is Officer uh, Graham? He is. He gave me a he FaceTimed me earlier today. Told me yeah. that people were trying to interview him on television, including Amanda Ferguson for Channel Two here in the Triad. So I hope I'm going to see my dad locally on TV later on tonight. He's got his Excellent. oxygen tank back at his house, but he told me he was able to take a shower for the first time in a week. So he was very Happy to do that. While we're giving Joe Ovius, our friend in Raleigh, a plug, how about this bit of marketing that he did last summer? Gilbert Gottfried, huge Carolina Hurricanes fan, as we know, apparently did not like Adam Gold too much. Oh, apologies to Adam. He should be in radio. He should be a radio repairman. And uh, and the radios would be broken because people, anything he's involved with, the listeners take their radio and fling it across the room. Why do you think Gilbert Gottfried hates you, Ag? He's uh, he's jealous. He's jealous. <laughs> I have a better voice than Gilbert Gottfried. <laughs> I'd love to hear Gilbert Gottfried do sports talk radio. Oh. I'd listen to that show every single day just to hear his No, takes. you wouldn't. 
<laughs> Gilbert Gottfried is good in like 60 second doses. Oh, we got the Gilbert Gottfried Adam Gold beef going here. We yeah. need to figure out what did do we have this clip lined up while we're just knocking out all these clips with AG? Uh, did he say Asheville or Asheville? This is how it sounded. Nashville, more like Asheville. Yeah, I mean, I think he kind of uh, went middle uh, middle of the road on that. I'm going to say because Asheville is really one of my favorite cities on planet Earth, I'm going to say that he subconsciously said Asheville. Yeah, I think he's big into the breweries over there. Maybe visited Ooh. the Biltmore House. AG Biltmore. is on Wonderful. Twitter, at a gold fan. Listen to the Adam Gold Show, noon to three, right here on Sports Hub Triad. He's probably a big University of North Carolina Asheville Bulldog fan up there. Oh, yeah. At what, uh, at this point, given that Morozik was out there earlier this week and many of the players we're going to see in the playoffs for the Canes were not out there on Monday night, plus Ned's played more games and he has a better save percentage and. Uh, a, a smaller goals against average number. Do you expect Nedeljkovic to be the starter game one for Carolina? Uh, honestly, if it were my decision, it would be an easy decision, and the answer is yes. I don't. There are two factors first that I think you have to weigh. Uh, one is. Rod is Rod Brindamore, the head coach, for the people who don't know who I mean when I say Rod. Rod tends to give veterans the edge, benefit of the doubt. Rod also loves Peter. So, with that said, I could see Rod starting with Peter, but I will say this. I think both goalies will play in the playoffs. They will both play in the first-round series. And I would say they'll both play even if, um, you know, let's just say Alex plays the first game and plays well and he plays game two. I wouldn't be surprised if Peter started game three, even if the Hurricanes were up 2-0. I think both goalies are going to play in the series. I think at some point, you're going to go to the guy who's better, who's playing better. And I think Alex Nedeljkovic is the best goalie Carolina has. So, And the added benefit of him being able to play the puck the way he can really helps. So if it's me, I'm starting Alex Nedeljkovic. Uh, I think this one is a tough one to predict simply because um, Rod tends to kind of favor Vince. I've said this for years. I still feel this way that the schedule release show for the NFL insults our intelligence. We already know who the opponents are. That's the most important thing. Now, kind of like Christmas Eve getting a present before Christmas Day, we know what the week one schedule is. We know what the Thanksgiving game is. We know what uh, the Christmas game is. The Packers are going to be playing the Browns. We know when the Patriots are going to be playing against uh, Tom Brady in Foxborough. That's going to be a week four Sunday night football game. The reason why you have the primetime TV show is because people watch it. 
Yeah. But what else is there for the NFL to put in prime time? They've got the draft in prime time. They got the combine in prime time. They got the Hall of Fame ceremony. They're putting 85-year-olds out there at 11 o'clock at night, and we've got the schedule release show. What's next for the NFL to try and monetize by throwing it into a primetime network setting? All player hearings for discipline. We'll put that in prime time now. Uh, all I've the times the Patriots will be uh, accused of cheating, all of those things will be in prime time. All the times Tom Brady smashes his cell phone because that's how he disposes of his cell phone. He destroys them with a the jackhammer. I don't. I don't know. Uh, I, I do want to. I, I want to thank the NFL for giving us the uh, the, the leaking the schedule release for week one uh and also sneaky brilliant putting jets panthers in week one because think about this is there a scenario you could come up with that would make jets at panthers matter in week seven and the answer is no but now it does i feel game one for sam Darnold. I, I kind of wish they were gonna they they put that Patriots Panther game because the Patriots schedule leaked in its entirety today, right? A little bit earlier. They have it for week nine, nine. and it's November seventh. Yep. Uh, who knows? That might be Mac Jones's team by that time. I know that that I, I mentioned that today. Uh, Panthers fans simply want Cam Newton to hang on through week nine. Be the guy through week nine. And uh, so, because the game is in Charlotte, uh, I am curious as to what that stadium would sound like when Cam Newton runs out as a starting quarterback for the Patriots. I would love to see that. Uh, week week two, we, or is it week four? Buccaneers going back to New England. That's cool. Can't we? We know how that's going to happen. I mean, Tom's going to be uh, hailed as a returning hero. So, uh, and why wouldn't they? Uh, before Tom Brady, nobody really cared about the New England Patriots. They didn't. AG, what's for dinner, my friend? Uh, so we, we've got options tonight. Uh, Unleaded we, uh, gas, diesel. Is that what we're having for dinner? Uh, wait, look, we can't get you can't get get any gas in Granville County, my friend. <laughs> uh, you just can't. We have, we're lucky enough to have all the tractors filled up. Uh, we have, uh, yeah, no, no gas in, uh, in Granville County. Uh, so, uh, we are either going to do something basic like a taco salad, uh, or we've got, uh, we've got, uh, grilled chicken, uh, grilled thighs, uh, sandwiches with bacon, uh, and other accoutrements. That's unbelievable. That sounds like a B plus A minus for me. That's really good. Sawyer Dillon, what do you got for dinner? We have some uh, pasta at home, chicken alfredo. Going to keep it pretty, pretty simple. Maybe some garlic bread. You know, a little nice traditional dish. Yeah, okay. I've got uh, sure. Jimmy Seafood. Apparently, I just got a notification that the package has been delivered to my front door. Jimmy Seafood, Excellent. crab cakes tonight, maybe a Caesar salad before. Caesar salad almost every night in my house. Not only is it great, it's the easiest salad in the world to make. Boom. Couldn't agree more. AG, your radio show, that's not an easy thing to do. Noon to three, uh, you and Alec yep. Campbell getting after it. Look forward to hearing you tomorrow, my friend. 
Absolutely. There you go. That's Adam Gold. Did I sell it? Yeah, you sold it pretty good there. We'll see you later, my friend. We'll be there. That is Adam Gold on Twitter at AGoldFan. Up next, AJ was interesting to bring up uh, that Jets-Panthers game in week one. I'll tell you why that opener, it might be the most important season opener for Carolina in maybe a decade. So glad you're with us here on a Wednesday drive. Make some noise, make some noise, let's go. You're on the drive with Josh Graham on Sports Hub Triad. Continue to send us your tales at the pump the last couple of days. I feel that's our obligation since the show is called The Drive after all. 336-777-1600. I haven't seen anything crazy as of yet, but I do have good news to pass along to you before we get to your calls and also to Nerd Corner. The Colonial Pipeline, which is responsible for this air quote gas shortage that we've had of late, has initiated the restart of operations at approximately 5 o'clock today. In the media statement that they just put out, They said, quote, following this restart, it'll take several days for the product delivery supply chain to return to normal. Some markets served by the Colonial Pipeline may experience or continue to experience intermittent service interruptions during the startup period. Colonial will move as much gasoline, diesel, and jet fuel as safely possible and will continue to do so until markets return to normal. There you go. No need to hoard five or six different containers of gasoline. What the governor said yesterday should be followed. Don't panic. And I'll just amend this part of it. Don't be a jerk. Don't be selfish here. I'd still like to hear the stories that people might have of people being selfish. And we'll get to those in a bit at 777 one 600 if you have them. I haven't been really on the road today. I still have a little over half a tank of gas left right now, last I checked. Uh, got here to the studio and just have been hanging out here. But I've heard a bunch of stories on social media. Scott Fowler has been doing stuff with the Charlotte Observer, and I'd love to know what your experiences have been in the triad. But before we get to all that, let's enter Nerd Corner with our guy Sawyer Dillon. I'm interested in upgrading my 28.8 kilobaud internet connection to a 1.5 megabit fiber optic T1 line. If eSports is the future, will you be able to provide an IP router that's compatible with my token ring Ethernet LAN configuration? We're getting in early. I'm here to earn, everybody, not to make out with you. This is Nerd Corner with Sawyer Dillon. How many things do you have for me today, Sawyer? I got three things for you today. Ooh. As you have three things, Tom Pelissero just reported that Blake Bortles has signed with the Green Bay Packers. Huh? Keep an eye on what's happening there as we near June 1st. I think a trade's going to happen. I think Aaron Rodgers has played his last snap in Green Bay. But that's not related to Nerd Corner. What do you have? Well, this summer, the Call of Duty League is finally going to return to in-person games. 
uh, they've been doing online games. Usually the Call of Duty League is like 5v5 and they would meet up and, you know, get at their TV and consoles and monitors and play against each other in the same arena. Each team would have an arena. They would fly out like a normal sports game. Uh, but since COVID, there has been not a single game in person played. So they are returning back uh, this summer for the first one. And hopefully this makes like more, you know, we see more big events like gaming uh cons and stuff like that and maybe even the nba 2k league and stuff like that we'll see more in person rather than just online there isn't a very popular video game franchise that i am worst at playing than call of duty i've played other first person shooters back in the day i haven't had a game console in about five years now but call of duty anytime someone's invited me to play it i'm really bad i get really frantic and I can't really shoot straight at people and accurately. I get knifed all the time. I'm really <laughs> bad at Call of Duty. Is there a franchise, a video game franchise that you're you yourself, Sawyer, at SaulJ TV on Twitch and on Twitter, willing to admit you're not that good at? Honestly, like there's not one that I'm not very good at, but I will say the I'm also bad at 2K. The last two years, I've gotten not as good at Call of Duty. Like that's the one where I'm kind of I'm kind of struggling with as the games, you know, update and stuff. I'm starting to lose my touch in COD. Yeah, I'm really bad at Call of Duty, and NBA 2K is the other one. I really don't like basketball video games. This might be just a separate rant side by side. Basketball video games, you could just tell who plays it way too much, who has a different feel for it. Because once you get the timing down of what a jumper should be and free throws and such, well, I don't think it's as fun as, say, playing FIFA or playing a football video game or a hockey game. I think hockey and soccer, actually, are the best sports video games out there. I know you love basketball a ton. You're probably going to go with 2K, but that's how I feel. I think FIFA and the NHL video games are the best. I've played so many sports games that I know, like, each game that you just mentioned, like, I know the most OP, overpowered moves in all of them to where, like, if I were to play you, I, w I could run the same thing every time and it just, you know, gets so frustrating and maddening that you wouldn't want to play. How bad would you beat me at FIFA? Oh, gosh. FIFA's my game, so it'd be bad. Like, 20 nothing or something like that. 20? Yeah. It's going to be Sawyer. It's gonna be bad. 20 to nothing. Get out of here with that. Okay, what's the next thing you have for me? The next thing. So Ubisoft is one of the like gaming companies that make a lot of your favorite games. I think this is really cool. They're going to focus more on really high-end free-to-play games. And you're seeing that a lot of people now, you know how games usually used to cost $60, $40, Yeah. The three most popular games right now are all free games or Minecraft, which is under 20 bucks. You have Fortnite, Valorant, Minecraft. Fortnite is less than $20? Fortnite and Valorant are free. They've always been free. Fortnite's a free game. It's a free game. What? Yeah. On Xbox, PC, PlayStation, your phone, it's all it's always been free. That's why they make their money off those skins that we talked about a couple weeks ago. That's so ridiculous. It's like I remember thinking it was absurd and I still do that video games cost sixty dollars. Mm. Because I remember a time when it was forty-five, then it got to forty-nine ninety-nine, and then it climbed with the Xbox three sixty and PlayStation 4 to $59.99. Well, Just 
stealing money from you. And also, these games like FIFA and Madden and 2K, they just basically update the game and then charge you another 60 year after year, and it gets just kind of annoying. That's why free-to-play games get people into gaming, and it's fun because you see more people get into it. What's your favorite free-to-play game? Uh, Valorant right now, and Fortnite is obviously like my, you know, my baby where I've always had that game. So I'd say Fortnite for just memories. Last thing, what else you got for me in Nerd Corner? Josh, do you know what the meaning down bad is? Down bad. When you're down bad. This is not like if we were playing FIFA and beating me 20 to nothing, I'm down bad. This doesn't have to do with video games, no. This is just like a life thing when you're down bad. It doesn't sound good. What does it mean? Down bad is when you, like, have a crush on someone and you would do anything to talk to them or go on a date with them. You're down bad. Why not just say you're whipped or you got a crush on them? I mean, down bad? Down bad is like, the new thing. say it in a sentence. Like, man, I am so down bad for Jennifer Lopez because she stupid. got divorced from A-Rod or something. That's stupid. I'm sorry. Down, like down bad. bad. This is. It's like it's like you're see, at rock bottom. Is when B dot used to do grammar school and come in here, he'd give me terms and I would understand it and say, "Okay, I get why that is." And that's that actually sounds a lot cooler than probably how I would put it. But down bad. But but you you're, you said crushing. It doesn't have the same effect as you're down bad or you're whipped. That's when you've already got them like in a relationship. Whatever down happened bad. to Bay? Oh gosh. That, we're, that's still in middle school. We let, let all the middle schoolers have that one. But anyways, there's this new game called Resident Evil. And Resident Evil's always been a popular game. But the villain in this game, everyone is down bad. We oh have a giant vampire lady. And people are only buying this game just to play the story to see this hot vampire chick. This digitalized hot yes. vampire chick? What the hell is wrong with people? <laughs> I I ask this question on a weekly basis, usually when we play this game. What is wrong with people and younger people? See, I just want to know, as somebody who's now picking up a following on Twitch, at SaulJTV, where people watch you play video games and subscribe and pay you to do so, what are some of the stories you have for me on what generally stirs people up in terms of popularity? What tends to be the big hit of setting you apart from other people? Um, people like if you're kind of like a sellout, you know, like if they reach a goal, they want you to do something crazy or kind of be just like wacky. Like sometimes I just, you know, I have the maid dress that I wore. People like seeing things that other people are like, that's weird and cringe. If you just don't care and embarrass yourself. Yeah. People enjoy that. Okay. How can we capitalize on this with the radio show? That's what I'm wondering. As we get out of Nerd Corner, how can we combine these two worlds together and expose people to our audience or have our radio show influence where we could send our listeners to you and have you doing something that's tied with this radio show? I'm mm. willing to do that just because I know how hard you work at such things. And I, I think we're arriving at this point where maybe there could be some type of bit, some type of thing where you sell out, as you put it, uh, something that can entertain our audience as well. Let's think on that.
on Twitter at Sports Hub Tribe, 336-777-1600 is the phone number. What's the craziest thing you've seen so far? Tails at the pump the last couple of days. Sawyer, how many miles do you have till your car's on empty? By the time I go back to my house, if my next drive isn't to a gas station, I will be stranded on the road. Yikes. Yeah, we're we're low, low. Do you know what you should do? This would be my advice to you. You're probably going to be streaming tonight until 6.30 in the morning. Mm-hmm. How about instead of streaming until 6.30 around the time working people wake up and then go to work at early on, if you stopped your stream at a more sensible hour like 4 a.m. and then decided, I'm going to go get some gas. Because, do you know, some of these states, they still have gas, but you'd have to go through all these lines to get the gas. The play might be at around 1.30, 2 o'clock in the morning to get out there. So instead figure of out what it is. What would usually be probably like a late night cookout run, it's a late night get gas for my car run. That's right. Okay. Yeah, I can and I Then can you could get cookout. Cookout after to celebrate me finally getting gas in my car. Boom. Because my play is not as cool, I'm just going to run the Costco. Because they already had people manning the pumps out there. And if people were going to try and bring out these massive zoo-like exhibit containers and fill them full of gas, they're going to politely and maybe impolitely tell them, nah, not around here. I just can't believe that. I, it just feels like we are in March 2020 with toilet paper all over again. And I can't believe we came to this, but it's it's the same thing where it's like, guys, we don't need to do this, but people still do. Right. I got news for you right now, Sawyer. People aren't smart. There are people who aren't smart out there. Mm -hmm. They're not smart. And what I mean is they're going to overreact. Governor Cooper should have known this by now. When Governor Cooper comes out there and says, you know, don't panic, that's when they're going to steal up all the, all the, the milk, all the bread, uh, it's the slightest sign of a storm coming. Let's get the milk and let's get the bread. Oh, my God. Here we go. Except now it's happening with gas. And people are being selfish and going way over the top and filling up six or seven of those canisters at one time at the pump. I mean, some of these stories, they're just brutal. Things that I'm seeing on social media. Let's uh, get to our friend Gilbert Gottfried. This is a question that we've been asking all day, and I don't have a good answer for it. He took shots at the Nashville Predators. If you missed the full clip of this, I think it's so funny. I don't mind hearing the full clip. Gilbert Gottfried's been paid by Carolina Hurricanes fans all season long to say mostly profane things when the Canes do something well. Now they're getting set for the Predators in a playoff series, so... Gilbert Gottfried had something for the Preds. This is Gilbert Gottfried, and I just want to say, North Carolina, come on, raise up. Let's f***ing go, boys. It's cup season, and we're ready to beat us. Nashville, 
more like Asheville, Central Division champs, cause we are just f***ing better. Rod the Bod is getting us that f***ing cup, baby. Let's f***ing go. Which brings us to the question. When he said, is he saying Asheville to make fun of Nashville? Or is he saying Asheville like Asheville, North Carolina, as if to say we Asheville is a better city than Nashville is? That's the question. Listen. Nashville more like Asheville. 336-777-1600. I'm starting to think he's saying Asheville and has no idea what Asheville, North Carolina is. There's a 98% chance he has no <laughs> idea what Asheville is. I but don't know. For the sake of, for the sake of this. He might be a big can, fan yeah, of okay. Fat Tire and New Belgium Beer. I don't know. He might have went to the Biltmore house and got There Will Be Blood. Last scene of that movie vibes at the bowling alley. I don't know. Which direction Gilbert was going in there. That's what a great artist does. <laughs> we still don't know when the Canes are going to play the Predators. The NHL hasn't made that known yet, even though we've known the Canes are going to play the Predators in a first-round series since Saturday night. We've known that since the Preds beat the Hurricanes in the second to the last game of the year. Maybe eventually we'll get that. But uh, Asheville or Asheville, really, it's up, it's up for you to interpret. LeBron James just posted this on Twitter. I'm getting close, but I won't be in the lineup tonight. But more importantly, I'll be there to put that championship banner in the Raptors in the Raptors of Staples Center in front of our fans. Number 17, heart emojis. I'm worried about the Lakers. Something's up with this ankle. LeBron wants to play. He's not playing. They're seventh in the West. I think they'll beat Golden State in a single game play-in. But with Steph on the other side, I wouldn't feel very comfortable with that, about that game. And if they do win, I disagree with Bob Ryan on this. I don't disagree with Bob on a lot of things, basketball-related, but I will disagree with him. Phoenix versus this Laker team, it's a mystery, but I think Phoenix especially if it's the first round against Los Angeles. I think they win that series. That's how I feel. Bob Ryan, really good with us earlier. James Borrego, going to be our guest later in the week, I think on Friday, to talk about what's going on with the Hornets and also the San Antonio Spurs tie there. Tim Duncan's going into the Naismith Basketball Hall of Fame on Saturday. And Dave Odom's going to join us on tomorrow's show to talk about Timmy D back in the day. Let's go to John and Winston-Salem. John, Asheville or Asheville? 
I am 99.9% sure he's saying Asheville, not Asheville. <laughs> um, I guess as a side note, uh, you might think there's something wrong with LeBron's ankle. I think this is a play for the Lakers to not see the Clippers at all. Really? Since, since AD isn't playing and LeBron isn't playing. Well, AD is playing. Oh, he was playing tonight. He was clear. I thought he was. He, I thought he was questionable earlier today. All right, let me double check that. I, I thought Anthony Davis was going to be back in the lineup tonight, but he 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 has been in the lineup of late. You think they're trying to avoid the Clippers, though? Uh, not just the Clippers. It's more of a. It's more of a. Uh, I don't want to say. Advanced line of thinking, mainly okay. because you and I both know that if the Lakers go to the AC and they meet the Utah Jazz, the Utah Jazz ain't beat the Lakers. I agree and with if that. They go that. And if they go that route, they don't have to meet the... Suns, they really, Clippers. They don't really have to meet the Suns. They don't have to meet the Clippers. And especially they won't have to meet the Clippers until the Western Conference playoffs. And by that line of thinking, hopefully LeBron is healthy enough to where it won't make a difference about the ankle. That is that is quite the theory. I'm not going to say it's that crazy, though. I appreciate the call, John.